Uh, welcome, Mark, to the Vocational Education Podcast. Today, uh, we want to talk a bit about the new TAE 40122, mm-hmm. Certificate for in Training Assessment, um, specifically the way we are running it at Spec Training. Mm-hmm. And uh, so far, so good. <laughs> so, <laughs> so we are... Um, I think you're being a bit conservative in that comment there. I think that's been a huge success. Yeah, we're up to cohort five, I think it is. Uh, so yeah, it's going okay. Uh, and we are launching next week, or mm. week after, the fully online version, which uh, will be developed um, a bit bootstrapped, really. We're, we're developing the first... Well, the first part's done, but we're just developing the second part um, after launching it, which is... Mm-hmm. Interesting. We, we seem to be doing a lot of that lately, <laughs> but that's that's speed to market for you. Yeah. So tell us about the TA22. Why is it better? Why is it different? Why is it longer? That's a big question, Dan. Um, well, I would just say that the, the betterness comes out of the... Uh, couple of things one there's more requirements to training sessions so there is actually more inherent practice required and demonstration of presentation skills training delivery skills they've actually got to deliver face-to-face and uh, there's that digital literacy component they've got to really step up to Um, the other aspect to it is I would believe that the assessment cluster is going to be more aligned to what they would actually do in the workplace in regards to actually um, assessing students, actually reviewing those assessment decisions and using validations, um, not necessarily so much as creating assessment tools, but really just dialing it back to what they'd actually do in the workplace, which is fantastic. Um, so, and then there's the aspect of the, we're also going to focus on PD. So as a trainer assessor, a lot more information about um, what are your requirements for PD, what are some ways to do PD, let's put together your PD um, plan, your trainer matrix. So we're really exposing them to a lot more of the stuff that they're actually going to face or experience in the real world if you're working for an RTO. And even if you're not, you're still going to be exposed to some great concepts about how do you keep up to date in your industry, how do you keep up your currency, how do you plan for your future development as a trainer assessor. Yeah, firstly, the PDD 401 unit, the, mm. the, it's the first unit that we run with. And the reason is it sets up the scene, you know, the mm. underpinning structure of VET in Australia. Uh, and the two practical requirements of that is a PD plan and a trainer assessment matrix. So I'm like, yes, these are things that every trainer has yeah needs and yet it wasn't a part of the l16 mm, mm. at all yeah so what so that alone that first unit was uh was a joy to put together create uh, we even just repurposed our own internal documents yeah as the templates to to fill out i mean yes we tricked them up a bit and made them prettier but basically they were the same documents that we used internally so mm. as an rto we're saying hit this is what rtos use folks yeah just like we did with our validation document in the past. Yeah. This is the validation document. So you're using real, real templates from real, a real RTO mm. and, and what they use. So, um, yeah, number one, the, pr- the absolute practicality of the new version, yeah. 100%. Totally agree with you on the amount of training sessions. When we first saw that, we all just rolled our eyes. Oh, my God, how are we going to do this? Yeah. But now we've run it a few times. Uh, the the feedback from the students is has been brilliant, and and from the trainers as well. I ran the first program, and I was giddy with how well it went. You mm. know that there was five days of just delivery. Mm. You know, <laughs> train delivery, 
uh, including three sessions that they ran each, including the planning of it, the delivery of it, the the reflection, the feedback. Um, it was brilliant. And by the end of it, people who'd never used PowerPoint were au fait with PowerPoint. People who were scared about training or never done it before mm. had now done at least three sessions that mm. week. Um, and it set them up. And so from that launch pad, they went and did their um, their their group training sessions, which we also, speaking of digital literacy, yeah. get them to record, upload and send us links to, mm. uh, which they all did. Well, mm. the first four have done already and... Um, uh, and they've all been fantastic, well-recorded, uh, mm. captured all the evidence we needed. Um, they did more than 30 minutes in almost every session as well, which is brilliant. So I, I just, so far, as you said, so far, mm. so good. Uh, yeah, it, it's really, I'm loving the new qualification. Mm. The downside is that it does take longer and a bit more expensive, therefore, mm. because, uh, but the actual quality of the outcome has got to be worth the extra effort and and cost yeah. in both time and money. So yeah, I'm wrapped with it. Mm. So I potentially see this raising the bar, but maybe resetting the bar to be more realistic to what workplace outcomes will actually be. And uh, I think the skill sets from the 16 will still be popular for a while. Um, and then as part of the 22, we do have the e-learning um, or assessing online skill set mm-hmm. and the training online skill set, um, which will be a new avenue that people may explore as well. Yeah, we actually kicked off with that last year when it first came out in June last year. And uh, it was quite popular. It still is relatively popular. Not as popular as I thought, mm-hmm. strangely enough. I thought it would be packing those courses. But... Um, people have chosen to just do the standard yeah. more often than do those as the electives, which is totally up to them. Um, of course, speaking of electives, it now gives us many more electives. We get six mm. to choose from now instead of one, mm. <laughs> which is hardly an elective, is it? You just yeah. get, get shoved in what, what uh, the training company wants you to do. Now, we do have electives and therefore people can choose to do the online trainer assessor skill set or they can choose the um, human resource and auditing uh, unit that we put in uh, as the standard. And um, so far, so good with the clustering of that. I think, again, people are enjoying the, the auditing one and the human resource one as being a part of, um, uh, of the clusters that we've put together. Um, and the fact that they uh, complement mm. the, the uh, trainer assessor skills right. so well... Uh, like working within a compliance framework, for mm, instance, which mm. is it, it's just a no-brainer. Of course you are. You're literally doing that as yes. a trainer, assessor, and vet. So why not put that unit in there as a core? And the human resource one, the reason I like that one is because it gets us to think more about uh, workplace teams mm, mm. and how you evaluate workplace teams and how that applies to training, planning, and also delivery. Uh, so that's, again, integrated really nicely or clustered nicely within the delivery um, component of our course. So yeah, I, I like the way we've set up the electives yeah and the thing that i'm really happy about and i'm going to actually annoy a lot of listeners right now the thing i'm really happy about is we've removed the lln unit Mm, mm. okay reason is the reason is well we've got a couple of reasons but the main reason was if you like because we made the choice last year was that um it's no longer essential it's no longer a core and the um diversion from going through design delivery and a, an assessment to have to go off and do this LLN thing on the side it felt it didn't flow mm-hmm. nicely within the program the but the great thing is and the other reason we did it is that core skills mm. are now embedded 
in every unit anyway. Yes. And I don't mean they're embedded as far as foundation skills for the unit mm. go. I mean, they're embedded as far as we have to know about them in the PDD unit, mm. the design units and the delivery units and the assessment units. Yeah. So they're in there as knowledge evidence. So we still cover the ACSF, mm. the core skills for work and the digital um, uh, skills framework within the PDD unit and the design unit. Mm. So it's still covered. We just don't go in depth about, you know, running um, LLN um, assessments for students and mm. mapping out their spiky profiles and stuff like that, which again, how many trainers ever did that? Yeah, yeah. And I'm pausing there for you to have a think about that. Mm. If you're a listener, how often did you have to do that? Now, I am very open to criticism. If you are a listener who did do that a lot, I'd be interested to know what role you had within the RTO. Were you just an everyday trainer assessor mm. or were you teaching foundation skills? <laughs> and I think there there was always that blurred line of, okay, what's expected of a trainer assessor in LN compared to an LN specialist? Mm. And uh, getting a trainer assessor to understand a spiky profile, okay, one thing, and then actually getting them to draw one, apply one and do all of that, it was you know, always interesting to see how far the LN assessment that the RTO used as part of their TAE, what expectations really were, mm. if that makes sense. Yeah, so you, you weren't generating an LN specialist uh, at all. You were generating some background information. I used to tell mm. people, you're doing this kind of like you did maths at high school. Yeah. Not because you're going to use it every day, but because it's good to know. Yes, correct. Yeah. And um, coming back to a point with the LLN, I think that within our program, within the delivery aspects, we do still talk about it. We still um, teach it a little bit in regards to support strategies. And part of our scenarios and our group um, assessments that we have, I think part of it, we actually stipulate that you have a real learner or a not so real learner um, that does have a learning challenge or a learning um, that, that they need to navigate. And you need to be able to say in your session plan, how are you going to cater for that? Mm-hmm. And uh, how are you going to support that learner um, who may not have those LN skills? So we do put it as part of the program, um, but we just are not as explicit with the actual unit that we teach as before. But I do believe that people walk away with the skills and knowledge to be able to definitely support someone if they ever come across the someone yeah and uh, your role when we were developing all this last year you actually wrote a lot mm. of the questions for the delivery unit mm. um, and there was a large focus on you know everything from ADHD and dyslexia mm. and support people with mental mm. uh, health issues there's you know a dozen questions almost mm. on on all these variations things that weren't in the previous cert four yes so whilst we didn't do an LLN program we really got into supporting students mm, and mm. i think that from a trainer assessor practical point of view yeah way more important definitely way more definitely because that's what you're actually going to face yeah. on a daily as opposed to filling out someone's spiky profile and comparing mm-hmm. it to mm-hmm. training products mm-hmm. yeah. tell me how do i support someone with dyslexia because mm. that is what i need to know yep. more than um, yes, knowing the five core skills is a great thing, but um, if someone's in my class and they've got a situation, I'd love to know what are you know five tips on how to do that. And how do I map the, the core, not map the core skills, how do I derive or identify the core skills from a training product? Who cares? Yes. Sorry, who cares? Yes. I'm going to say in my garage, I've got five copies, printed copies of the ACSF, and they're pretty much like the uh, the old Telstra telephone well, book. Yeah, the doorstops. Yeah, yeah the yeah. doorstops. They hold up the laptop. Yeah. So Look, they're very yeah. interesting, and, and it is interesting to know. Mm. Um, as I said, it was like Mass in high school. Great to know. And maybe we're lucky because we did have to go through it. Yeah. Um, and, and 
that's a good you know, question mm. to ask ourselves. Maybe because we did go through it and we saw we didn't really apply it, but we do know mm. that mm. stuff. So maybe, you know, we do run the LLN skill set still, yeah. which requires three units. Mm. Um, that's evolving uh, with the new 22. So, you know, we are still going to run a workshop for people who want to know mm. and apply language uh, literacy, numeracy and digital skills framework um, information mm. to their training products and their trainees. So yeah. it's still going to happen, but we're just not doing it as part of the cert for. Mm. Now that takes us on to the last part, mm. which was a oh my God moment for mm. us, the assessment units. Yeah. We went from four to two. Mm. Okay, four being the, um, the level three unit and uh, also the ASS 502 back in the day. Uh, now we've just got the 412 and 413, mm. which is um, assessing competence in vocational education and of course validation. So we thought, oh, no worries. We can, <laughs> we can cover that content in two to three days. Yes. No, no, not at all. Mm. It's, it's, we've, it, we've now, um, and, and this is what I love about working in a, you know, a small RTO the ability we have to change quickly. Mm. So we immediately realized after running our first workshop as a trial, we said three days ain't going to be enough. We're going to have to make this four days. The reason yes. was now it, it, you weren't directly involved with that, but you saw what happened. Mm -hmm. What um, did you understand as the reasoning behind going from the three to the four days? Uh, state the obvious, not enough time, not enough time to complete the um, full gamut of um, really doing a pre-validation, then using the assessments, then validating the assessment decisions and then validating the tools if I've got it correct. But basically uh, realizing the number of times they needed to do that and yeah. across that and then making sure that our program was as strenuous as it needed to be, it was meaty and chunky to meet those requirements. Mm. And yeah, I think you bring up a great point that the company is nimble enough that we go, all right, yeah, these students need the extra time let's make sure they've got it and also let's not rush them through it mm. so they actually understand what they're doing so i think um it was a great you know pivotal moment that we go all right cool and going forward this is the expectations we need to set this is how we need to explain things and this is um the order and sequence that we can train it in mm. so that people get the most out of it and it's not a rushed experience and people actually will walk away going okay i can walk into an rto and i can use these skills um and i think the variety that we've given them with the um case studies and with the you know come up with your own and all that kind of app yeah. um a different approach there people get such a wide scope of exposure to what they're going to see out there in the marketplace mm. and and uh on that so a couple of things firstly as an rto uh, with over 15 years of operation we've never had to do that in the past mm -hmm. so as you said pivotal moment the first time we thought you know what no we need to give them more time and it was actually a real uh, good feeling, I mm. guess, from a, um, a manager's point of view to say, you know, I think we can do this. It's going to cost us more time and, and resources, but the end result for the student is going to be way better. Yeah. They're not going to be stressed to the, to the nth degree. They're going to have to do less assessment after the class and they're going to be more equipped to do that assessment if need be, mm -hmm. because they're going to have plenty of practice under their belt. Um, I, the, the assessment units, that, the, especially the validation unit, um, but also also the conducting assessment unit, now that I'm thinking about it, 
do require a lot of different applications of that skill. Yeah. Uh, and as you just mentioned with the validation, it used to just be just conduct three validations. Mm. No worries. And you back to back to back. You just did three validations of three units um, and looked at the uh, um, assessment products that you created maybe as a part of the 502 back then. And yeah. that's what you validated. So that's, that's why we used to run it. So this was a completely different way of doing it. We did have... Uh, or have to, I should say, construct full scenarios with example mm. evidence and all the sorts of interesting stuff, I guess, that we had to provide for students so they can look at three different students with three different lots of, um, uh, three different assessors, fictional assessors in this case, assessing them, coming out with um, outcomes. And just to see that, you know, it, again, totally different to the way we ran the 40116 because it wasn't needed back then. Mm. And now we do need it. So we've created these tools they go through it, they look at what another assessor would have done in that case and they have to compare it to the mapping that they did mm. as a part of the pre-use validation. Um, so it is really, it really gets them thinking as a trainer assessor in the real world would have to think yeah. if they're faced with needing to assess RPL, needing to assess um, training assessment pathway students, mm. which is what we give them. So we give them a, a few of each. They have to really look at it. Mm. Uh, we give them a skill set. We give them individual units um, to to actually run the validations on. So it's, I think it really um, encompasses everything they're likely to see yeah. or a variation of uh, mm. when they get to the real workplace. So yeah. I'm, I'm excited to see it work for the first time in the, the, the new construct or structure, the new four-day structure uh, coming up very soon. Um, but the feedback was great. And we our first course or class that went through, the, the trial students, if you like, or the pilot students, they were brilliant. The feedback we got from them along the way really motivated us to do mm, better as yeah. well. And it was good. It was like overly um, optimistic and positive feedback mm. all the way, um, which is great in one way, but we also want to hear what we can do better. And that mm. last workshop was a great example of that because hang on, I, we're getting through it, but it's really full on. Yeah. And we're going home at night with our brains fried mm. uh and that's not what you, that's what the old taa taa used to be yeah. yeah when people started that they used to i remember in fact the first time i ever did that program the trainer who taught me he told us that if your, your brain's not fried after the first day something to that effect then you're not you're not paying attention and that was the old taa right so um yeah we didn't want to do that to our students so luckily yeah luckily yeah we don't have to <laughs> Nice. So that's it. That's the TAA. Uh, TAA. <laughs> no, it's not the TAA. It's the TAE. Yeah. Uh, 40122. And um, yeah, as I said, we're up to our fifth cohort starting and uh, kicking off the online very, very shortly. Mm -hmm. uh, purely online is going to have a lot more by way of uh, video support, video um, uh, scenarios, all sorts of things. So, so when we're, we launch that on the 4th of August, um, I'm actually very excited about that. Because it's going to hopefully, we talked about technology in, in, in previous podcasts, but it's going to really excite people, mm. hopefully, yeah. to want to plug in and learn. Yeah, definitely. Because there's, there's, there's a lot of different ways they can learn yeah. when they attend the online version, mm. okay? not mm. just the virtual version. So with that in mind, folks, um, this is uh, Dan and this is Mark um, signing off for today. And uh, we hope to see you again on the uh, in future episodes of the Vocational Education Podcast. Thanks so much, Dan. Thanks, Mark. Bye.